Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome once again to the Real Hero Talk podcast. Uh, joining me today in the hallowed halls of Hero Talk, my grown-up co-host, the Black <laughs> Dragon himself, Vernon. Vernon, welcome welcome back, buddy. Yeah, same to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, wow, it's been a while. That it has. You know, life happens. Light, life happens. Yeah, I actually, I checked the recording, and the last time that we did uh, one of these... The, the Hero Bites edition, I'm not even going to give an episode number because I didn't bother looking up the last time we did a Hero Bites. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was November. We did one in November, and then uh, okay. and then December we didn't do a Hero Bites. We, we did uh, the Justice League Hero Talk. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and then I was going to start them up in January, and that just sort of never happened. And then we were going to do Black Dragon, and or Bla- no, Black, uh, the, the Hero, Black, Black Panther, your Black Dragon. <laughs> Black Panther, okay. Black Panther, yeah, and uh, and then then that just never... We still need to do that, but I need to watch that movie again now because it's been way too long. And I watched it when I was really trying to, like, mainline all of the superhero movies so that I'd be caught up for uh, Infinity War. Yeah, and that happened. Yeah, that actually happened. Yeah, I got I Axel. I grabbed Axelon sort of last-ish minute because I was trying to set up the recording, and then I very famously got pneumonia and had, you know, went to the... Oh. Yeah, I was upset with you because you didn't ask me if I wanted to do it. Yeah, it it turned out when I finally was healthy enough to do it, I just said, "All right, I got I have to record this thing because I was, you know, it's now it's we're coming up on six months without a new hero talk." Uh, so I don't I think it's been six months. I think I had recorded one in November that I had put out some point in February, and then I ended up recording one with uh, Tony from the No Time for Time Travel podcast, and so that one had come out. But I I hadn't really recorded with like the Enthusiast crew in a long time, and so I I basically just kind of grabbed Axel and said, "Can you do it now?" And he said, "Yeah," and so we we did it. So anyway, awesome. So that's. That's how we got to here. So I think my official excuse for not doing one of these in such a long time is that I was waiting for a definitive answer to the Ben Affleck Batman debate. <laughs> and uh, and since I'm pretty sure we still don't have a definitive answer, I, I, I we just we're going to just record. But I mean, where where was the last that that it, it stood like the last I read about it is that he's not going to be playing Batman in the Batman, but he's still a producer on the Batman, but they're going to tell a story of a younger Batman, like a like a year one type story, because if there's one thing people don't know, it's Batman's origin. <laughs> and that's where that's where that's the last thing I heard was that he wasn't going to be in it. He was just going to be a, a producer attached to it. Um, right. They were looking for a younger Batman to do like a year one kind of an adaptation. Yeah. But well, they, they made it pretty clear. I heard that they said we're not adapting the year one story. But they're okay. trying to put together a year one type story. So something new, but like in, in the same vein as year one, but not actually adapting the year one story. So a month after year one. Yeah, yeah like a, a year one in a couple days. I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, it's I have no faith that this is going to be done well because it's Warner Brothers. And, and when it's Warner Brothers, when they do something well, like they did with Wonder Woman, we're all just incredibly shocked and surprised. Yeah. You know, we're like, wow, that actually was a decent movie. I was pretty sure they were going to screw it up. And I think that was sort of the same way that people are going to walk into Aquaman. Um, I've heard some good buzz about Aquaman, but I think it's the same thing. If, if they do it well, we're going to be like, wow, that's I'm surprised they didn't screw this movie up. And Shazam. What do you think about that? Ah, uh, Shazam. I So what bothers me about what I've seen from Shazam, and I'm going to see this movie opening weekend, you know, because it's a DC movie and that's what I do. Sure. Uh, um, What I think bothers me the most is that they've really seemed to be playing a lot of focus on the whole concept of a little kid becomes grown up superhero. Like that's that's a real intent focus and in him just kind of being childish while being his hero. And I get that there's some of that inherent to the character, but it's like they completely forgot the wisdom of Solomon that actually comes with being uh, Captain Marvel or Shazam, as they're going to call him. I guess there's no way around that. I, the, <laughs> the character is Captain Marvel to me. You cannot spend 30 years of your life correcting people for calling him Shazam and then suddenly change it and expect me to be okay with that. No, I've spent 30 years adamantly defending the character's name as Captain Marvel from everyone who would call him Shazam for not knowing any better. 
And now, now it's like DC Comics just said, ah, oh, forget it. We're just going to call him Shazam. No! I feel like that's a lot simpler than just, you know, doing the whole, well, we did it first. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter in the long run, for real. But, um, you know, to avoid any confusion, I think they're just going to, you know, stick with Shazam. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that there actually is a literal Marvel Captain Marvel movie coming out right around the same time. So there is a bit of brand confusion, <laughs> but... I, I I can see where that could cause some confusion for the the John Q moviegoer, and but I think I I yeah no I'm gonna call that character Captain Marvel. But anyway, I just I really wish they would not make him so incredibly insanely childish. Like I really hope that's not the point of every joke in the movie. Is that hey check it out I'm a kid but I'm in a superhero adult's body. I just don't want that yeah. to happen. I mean it'll it'll be interesting to see because I I do. I am interested. I did like the trailer that I that I saw, um, but I do think it's it's going to err on that side of like you know. All right, let's have some fun with this. This is a kid in a superhero's body. Uh, let's just go for it. Yeah, but I mean, like stuff like oh, I can't figure out how to fly now. But come on, all right. He's going to do it by the end of the movie. Yeah, I know. And and maybe maybe this is just sort of he has an arc because you can't really just have him say Shazam and then suddenly be the fully developed superhero because that's not fun to watch. So I guess you need to show the, the Captain Marvel side of him just developing. And so we'll see. I would say I have faith, but I don't because it's Warner Brothers. But, <laughs> but you'll still go to see it. I'll still see it opening weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that and Aquaman yep. and Wonder Woman 2 is apparently in the 80s with Cheetah as the villain. With Cheetah. Kristen Wiig is playing Cheetah. And I like Kristen Wiig, so I'm okay with that. And of course, I loved Wonder Woman. That was uh, sure. so far my favorite of the movies that they have put out. So I'm obviously going to see that. And and uh, Patty Jenkins is back. And Patty Jenkins is like the one director that Warner Brothers has that I, I haven't lost total faith in. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, um, Zach, Zach Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder was, uh, his, I don't even know, like, the fallout of the Zack Snyder-Joss Whedon thing has just been fascinating to watch. I don't know if you've been keeping up with it, (laughs) but, like, they've been taking, Um, like, passive-aggressive shots at each other, and and then the stories coming out about, well, Zack Snyder actually didn't leave on his own accord, they wanted him to leave because they didn't like his movie, and then Joss Whedon changed a bunch of stuff, and Zack Snyder hates it, and I, I don't even know. I mean, I don't. I have I stopped paying attention to it because I truly don't care. Oh, crap. Well, right. are you recording on the highway? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Dude, um, just go in your house, man. It's, it's, it's okay. It's an industri- it's an, I live near an industrial park, so they have their a fueling station for, you know, all the, I guess, city vehicles. So they, you know, drive by from time to time. So apologies. Um, okay. Yeah, no, don't, uh, don't try to count yourself in. That's making the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fine. God, I'm sitting here trying I'm to count to... yourself in three, two. No, no, I'm just leaving that all in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. You're keeping me honest then. As we were looking to do years and years ago. Yeah. Oh no. That that's keeping, getting cut. Keeping somebody I, honest. Yeah. Um, someone's <laughs> someone's being uh like all. F- I, there's what maybe two listeners are going to get that reference. <laughs> two maybe maybe it's two. fine then those two will get the uh we'll we'll get the laugh and then we'll just move on yeah um, so I, yeah, yeah. It, it looks kind of the 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 kristen wig thing i kind of don't get that um but what was the last thing that we were kind of going over oh so we were actually talking about uh zach snyder and and joss whedon and their oh and, and their slap fight on the internet I, on I, social media i don't care you know the last thing i heard about it was that they may have a uh you know an extended zach snyder cut the zach I, snyder I cut is like santa claus it. it doesn't I, exist i'm everyone keeps saying but I, it, it I, does, well you know what uh you never know. I just, I don't. I guess, I, I guess technically care. I never know. But now that, doesn't AT&T own Warner Brothers now? Didn't that deal go through? I believe so. So, I mean, maybe with AT&T in charge, things will get better? I don't know. I think it's just opening old wounds. I think they just need to move on from this. As as I've said it half jokingly, more than, more than once, but it, the more I see these Warner Brothers movies, the more I'm thinking, like, can't you just sell DC Comics to, to Disney? <laughs> just i oh, i get that that would kill the comics industry but it would make the movie industry so much better well then you would have terrible crossovers because there's no competition 
Oh yeah, they would. It would be awful. Don't get me wrong. In, in terms of the final answer for the industry as a whole, it would be bad. I I thought about the same thing about the Disney Fox acquisition. I'm like, you know, this is everyone's excited because the X Men might show up in Avengers, but yeah. uh, this is just going to be bad in general when there's less competition. But I Agreed. I don't know. It, does, I... it doesn't sound like the X Men are going to show up in Avengers anyway. It sounds like they're just kind of holding that off until they reboot everything after Infinity War two. But I don't know. I, we'll see. Um, actually, it's going to be Endgame. Have they? That, I don't even thought. Was that official? Did they say that? I don't think it's official. But that's been the they, rumor. But there's an there's there was like an accidental leak of a job posting that said Avengers. I heard like somebody uh, somebody put put it on his LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, the thing is, is they say that because they were saying like we can't tell you because it would it would spoil it once you see the first movie. And I was like, so how's it going to spoil? And then. Like, somebody drops some random line, and we're not going to go into that because I already did a hero talk on this movie, but somebody drops the random line as this is the end game. And so now I don't see how the, the, the title end game really could... Like, it doesn't say an awful lot. Obviously, it's the mm. end game because it's a second part of a two-part movie that you came up with. You know, you know, what, what are you going to call it? Avengers, the... this is just the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, the, that's not the first time that it, that end game has been mentioned. It it came up in Avengers 2. Yeah, but I still don't... It's still not that big a spoiler. It doesn't tell me anything that's going to happen in that movie. I can True. make some wild guesses about what's going to happen in that movie because I know some other characters that were in that movie have some other stuff going. I'm trying not to spoil it, even though, you know, half the internet spoiled it opening weekend because they're a bunch of jerks. <laughs> I, I didn't see any of it. I, I honestly turned my phone off until I saw the movie because I, yeah. I didn't see it until Sunday on opening weekend so on thursday i turned my phone off and didn't didn't look at it again until i saw the movie but once i turned it on and i saw all the memes i just thought that was really rude i saw the the only one and i'm really proud of myself i is the i only caught one spoiler and that was the you know the the memes about you know the dust yeah that's a pretty pretty big spoiler yeah that's. I mean, well, if you, that's the one you're going to catch. That seems like a pretty. Anyway, let's not get into that here. So let's. We're already talking about Disney. So you know, there's uh, Vernon. Mm. We we exist in 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 a world here on the internets where we can give people an escape from their everyday real life news. Because I don't know about you, but my news feed is a dumpster fire every single day. But I then. Mean- <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes uh, entertainment news becomes such a prominent story that you can't have a podcast like this and not talk about it. And even though I don't want to, and there, I mean, there's been some stuff going on that I don't want to get into because I, I just feel like we're not the right forum to talk about some of these more serious issues. Hmm. But one thing that has been coming up a lot, and I feel we, we need to talk about ever so briefly while walking through the minefield that is internet politics... Uh, is James Gunn. Yes, yes. Oh, so bring bring up the 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 toxicity. Yeah. So, oh boy. Um, I I guess my my general take on this is that if if James, because I, I read the tweets and they're awful, and we're not going to talk about what they talked about, but they were clearly done in a way in jest, as much as you can talk in jest about that sort of subject matter. Yeah. I obviously don't think he engaged in any of that activity, as some ridiculous critics have tried to uh, to to say. I think he just thought they were funny little edgelord jokes, but. <sighs> They're also really, really old, and he had apologized for them before he ever became associated with Disney. So I don't, yeah, I don't get why suddenly now that they've become aware of him, they, they, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those deals where if he was doing it then and still doing it, that's a problem. If he did it while he was under the employment of Disney, that's an issue. If it was like super mm-hmm. recent and they it just flew under the radar, different issue. Yeah. We're talking about something that not only was a long time ago. He has moved on from, and he has actually had made apologies for it a long time ago. So I guess I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to say what's the big deal because obviously these were the worst of the worst kinds of jokes to possibly tell. I don't want to diminish what he said or or say it's okay. But I mean, I, Vernon, I was in the Navy. I've I've said some pretty heinous jokes too. But you know, it's it's not like it. it 
I'm not very proud of what I said, and I didn't like him either, but it's not like, you know, they're written somewhere where somebody's going to dig them up and throw them back in my face. And even if they did, like, how much sense would that make for, for somebody to take issue with what I said over a decade ago? What sense does that make? It, I really feel like if you're going to fire somebody for something that they've said, it needs to be something that they've said while they were under your employ. You know, well, you get the you get the, the you're bringing this to the point of just basically where we're you know, where people are using this as a way to weaponize social media. Um, you know, you get this uh, because this whole thing popped up because of political stuff. Um, he yeah, opposed I'm- a group and they brought it and they brought it up, said, hey, look at this. And Disney pulled the trigger immediately without context. Yeah, and and again, like I've heard a lot of the criticism of the group that brought it up, and and I get that. But like, let's say these were recent, or like under different circumstances, I would say it doesn't matter who brought it up or what you mm. think of the group that brought it up; it's still relevant. But I don't feel that this this was necessarily relevant. Like a lot of comparisons were drawn between this and and Roseanne. Oh my god! And I, I she think, brought that up. I think did she? I don't know. I've yeah, that was so stupid. I, I've <laughs> seen so many people bring it up. The big the bigger difference is that ABC when they had Roseanne straight up said like, yeah, we know what she's done. The past is the past. And then mm. and that's a Disney owned company, which makes it even more confusing. And then when she was fired, it was because she had done something very recently, like mm. th- like that same day, and she had tweeted something heinous out. And they said, all right, listen, uh, no, you're fired. And so it's not the same thing because Roseanne basically sort of was given a blank slate and then tweeted something out to get herself fired. Right. Whereas James Gunn hadn't tweeted anything to get himself fired in uh, many, many, many years. And the stuff that was out there wasn't really hidden. And it was just, I, I, I don't know. It felt like, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because some, a lot of the people who defend James Gunn are defending him solely because of his political stance that inspired the, the, the campaign against him. Because there's, there is, are certainly groups on the internet who had he held certain different beliefs about certain sitting U.S. presidents, then. Mm. They would have said, nope, he absolutely has to be fired. It doesn't, you know, yeah, it's, it's horrible. You can't have a job when you say stuff like that. Like, it, it's such a toxic dump of, of these these mindsets and, and this political tribalism that there are people who would have been okay no matter what he said. There are people who would have wanted him fired no matter what he said. Yeah. And then there, there's people who, and I there are some people I've seen who legitimately say these kind of jokes aren't acceptable. Disney needs to set that precedent. Let's let's not look at some of the jokes that Disney used to think was good back in the 30s and 40s. But, you know, we're we are Siamese, if you please. Oh, yeah, that was that was <laughs> cringeworthy at the time. And I remember I remember at the time and I'd seen that movie many, many times. That was one of the movies I saw a lot as a kid. Yeah. And I, I remember eventually, you know, even at whatever age I was. And I, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you probably elementary school age, maybe when that movie came out thinking. Yeah. I don't know if this is okay. This seems mean. Something weird about this. Yeah, there's some like I'm. I, I I don't I don't know. I'm no. I I will tell you right off the bat. Like the the whole the crows and Dumbo went right over my head. Just right over my head. I didn't really understand that one till later. But yeah, the, the I mean the monkeys in the in the Jungle Book though. Those were pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, it's not they. It's not a great track record. And let's was the song of the South. Was that the the really bad one? With all right, no, we're not talking about this. We're no, we're going down a bad path. I don't want to be down. We're already on a bad path. Greg. Yeah. So any, yeah, I felt we had to at least acknowledge this James Gunn thing. But I just really kind of felt like I don't, I don't think he should have been fired. I think Disney should have made him re-apologize. I think that would have been acceptable. Yeah. I think Disney should have said, "Hey, listen, this is unacceptable, and I know you haven't done this in a very, very long time. But if you ever do anything like this again, there, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. You're not going to get a courtesy phone call. You'll, you'll read about it in the papers that we're fired." Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like they pulled the they, they pulled the trigger on it immediately without context. Um, and now we've run into a situation where it's like they can't rehire him now because they've they've basically like, you know, stood their ground and stuff like that and said, nope, nope, we don't want to, you know, uh, align with this. We don't want to go back on our on our word. They want it to be final that this is the decision that they made. And for these reasons and, you know, we're just going to have to deal with it, but they're also going to have to deal with the fallout of it 
also yeah. because ultimately not only are fans yelling at you, but your own stars are rebelling against you. Um, you know, other employees are either threatening to quit or, or something like that. And they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with that. Oh, yeah. Batista I, don't, is, I don't have a good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's super vocal. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, and a bunch of the people sign letters. And, I, you know, the, the hard thing is, and I, I what, what really makes me kind of hesitant to defend him is because I've said my piece. I don't think he should have been fired. But the, I hate to rush to the defense of the jokes that he said because they were pretty awful. Like, oh, yeah. If you do read them, it's like there, there's no defending these. These are bad. But then I don't feel that that means that the man should never hold another job for the rest of his life. This is sort of kind of why I don't post on social media that much. Um, <laughs> uh, because ultimately, like, I know that and I've had people at my job that have been fired for stuff that they've said or done on social media um, that pertains to the, the company I work for. And it's. You know, it really is just like, a, you know, anything you say can and will be held against you in a you know court of employment. Um, and it's it's one of those things that's like, OK, so if I said something like that, you know, I and, you know, I wasn't in the Navy, but I've made some inappropriate jokes in in uh, in the past uh, years ago. And I've since, you know, kind of. I feel like I've atoned for those those horrible jokes and apologized to who I needed to. And, you know, that's that's how you live your life. You realize you made a mistake and, you know, that wasn't appropriate. And you you you, you take your licks and you move on. But mm-hmm. this is coming up a lot more often where it's like, OK, so should we just not say anything anymore? Like, do, do we just not? There's there's no room for people to make mistakes and now, bear in mind, if 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 he had made any of these jokes while currently employed by Disney, because they were pretty bad, I think Disney would have been yeah. full out to say, "No, you're gone." No, yeah, agreed. but I think I mean people need to be able to make mistakes and then learn from them. And sometimes, especially with somebody as visible as a James Gunn, you're not afforded that. You know, whereas you know we've talked about you know some of the jokes that you've made in the past, some of the jokes I've made in the past that would be considered, uh, especially once once you like. You got to remember that you get older and you start to learn things and you start to see the world a little bit more and you start to understand more and you get a new context for what you said. And you're like, well, that was absolutely horrendous what I just said. And no, this is not just a funny thing to joke about because it's cute. You know, this this is a bad thing. Right. You know, it's you got to give people room to grow. Otherwise, it's like we're just punishing people for not learning what I've already learned, but they didn't have the good sense to keep it private before they got. I don't know. It's some of it's the social media age and our need to put everything out there in public so that you actually don't get the room to learn from your your lessons. You know, like a a private, a private conversation from 10 years ago. Gunn makes these same jokes. He's not fired today because it's a private conversation from all those years ago. And so he's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's not out there for all the world to see. But on on the same hand, you know, it's you don't want to give people carte blanche, just say whatever random horrific stuff they say and then later say, well, you can't fire me. Just give me a chance to learn from it. You know, you got it. It's it's extremely complicated. And I think the bottom line is you sort of in this day and age, you, you really just have to look at things case by case because there's there's it's it's such a different world than than it used to be 30 years ago or even 10 years ago. And so I don't know. Um I just yeah, don't. I, I just. Mean, don't, I don't it. think he should have been fired. I. Th- I think. I mean, warned and put on super double secret probation. Yes, but I don't know if being fired is the right answer for something that he did so long ago. That that doesn't. It's that not he him. Since apologized multiple times for. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the same person I was ten years ago. I. I. Right. You know, I'm happy to say you, you evolve and you grow as a person. Some people devolve and as a person. You know, there's. I know people who are worse people than they were ten years ago. So it, I mean, it's all <laughs> relative. But I mean, if if somebody is truly working to become a better person than they were 10 years ago do you punish them for what they did 10 years ago i mean he didn't kill somebody 10 years ago he made really 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 bad jokes 10 years ago but i mean was anybody today was anybody being hurt by those before somebody went and dug them up and i mean the answer's no so devil's advocate okay someone is bound to someone is bound to you know listen to this and bring it up or something like that could you apply that to bill cosby Okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why I'm laughing because that's a, a dark, dark it really place is. we just went um, to. Um, 
I would say no, you can't apply it to like Bill Cosby didn't just make jokes. Uh, and I think I, I think one of the things that I said at the beginning of this was that based on the nature of what was said, and I didn't believe he actually acted upon any of that stuff, uh, Bill Cosby acted upon that stuff. And so not only were, is it horrendous and horrible and sickening, it's also a crime, and there also are victims of it. And so in that case, I think Bill Cosby absolutely needs to answer for what he did um, in, in ways that I don't think James Gunn needs to. I mean, James Gunn just needed to adjust his attitude, which by, by the sounds of it, I don't know the man you know we don't have sunday brunch but it sounds like he did it sounds like he did grow and evolve and got past that um bill cosby is still out denying every single possible thing he did and so yeah. even if it wasn't a crime with victims whose lives were ruined by him it it's at least it, it, he he hasn't grown up past that he's probably still that same monster uh and <laughs> again he did horrible things he did these to people even if he's not that same guy whatever that could mean uh he still has to he's answer for it people. yeah gotcha <sighs> Wow. So <laughs> great. Did you want to talk about Kevin Spacey too while we're here? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, the, I, a, a thought had crossed my mind to at least yeah. bring up Louis CK. Well, I was, the reason I thought Kevin Spacey is cause his, uh, they, there was a movie about his and I think it was called like the billionaires boys club. And that was, uh, he had already filmed it. It was already done. And then all this stuff comes out and then the, the people who have the movie are like, so now what do we do? <laughs> You know, we, we can't cut him out. He's actually, well, he's a side character. He's pretty integral to the movie. We can't just film around him anymore. So they just, uh, they, they released it into a very limited release in just a couple of cities. And uh, you want to take a guess how much money the movie made in its opening day? How much? Uh, 126. Dollars? Dollars, yes. Not like thousand or Not million. Not thousand. Not million. million. Dollars. One, two, six, decimal oh point, zero, zero. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's enough for I think the f <laughs> that's enough for like the family of the crew to see it basically and I think that was sort of the point and and I mean I've heard that I I've heard that when the, when they even said it they they had their on the news they had a correspondent said I honestly think and I like I wasn't really trying to make a joke I'm actually going by this guy uh, I think it was the CNN um, entertainment correspondent and he basically said I really think that's just like the family of the crew because I don't I don't see who else would have gone to see the movie after everything yeah. And it's oh, it's sad because on the one because the problem is that Kevin Spacey probably already got paid, so you're not hurting him, but you're hurting all the people who you know maybe didn't know and all like I mean you know and we always talk about Hollywood and the big shots, but like the key grip probably doesn't make a whole awful lot of money, and so now right. the, the key grip is is kind of screwed. But I, I don't know. At, at the same time, it sends a very clear cut message that hey, we don't we're not just going to look the other way because you're famous anymore because that's been happening for way too long. I I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Tom, the rumors that Tom Cruise is in the running for uh, Green Lantern. I, the Tom, the my my concern is Tom Cruise is fifty six years old. Yeah, and so I'm not I'm not sure if I could buy him as Hal Jordan fighter pilot. I mean, oh, we're, we're, we're going to talk a little Hal bit Jordan. later about Tom Cruise fighter pilot. So, I mean, I, I get what you're about to say, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he'll do a bad job because Tom Cruise is a talented actor. Uh, I just, I, I, I kind of wanted them to kind of try to skew it maybe a little bit younger. You know, we already have Affleck running around and now we're going to have an older Hal Jordan. My thought, I guess, was that they, they, they tried Hal Jordan. You know, we got that Ryan Reynolds mess back in 2011. Sure. And I think now you say, listen, Hal, I like you. You're my favorite Green Lantern. Uh, you had your shot and you screwed the pooch. So I think now <laughs> you go to the next Green Lantern in line, which is Jon Stewart. I mean, when I think Tom Cruise, I think he'd be more suitable for a Kyle Rayner. But, uh, I always thought Kyle Rayner was like a real punk kid. I don't know. That too, but you know, yeah. an older Kyle Rayner. I don't know. I don't know. It's their, just, it's their universe. They can fudge as many details as they want. Dick Grayson's dead. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. Well, there's uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I just. I, I guess. I guess my thought would be the one of the big things about Green Lantern that's hard to get by is that he wears a ridiculous little domino mask that doesn't actually hide his identity and makes him look a little bit silly. And John Stewart doesn't wear the mask. So John Stewart makes more sense to me, and and also so that way you don't confuse it with the 2011 movie that it's a sequel or whatever. You know it's a new thing because it's a new Green Lantern, and it's it's not like people don't know John Stewart. He was from the cartoon that most people grew up with. I think yeah. I think Hal Jordan's 
probably harder to get recognized outside of, you know, the comic book fans because people don't really know Hal Jordan as much as they knew Jon Stewart. Yeah, that's a good point. So I would say get Jon Stewart. And I was I was actually trying to think about what actors I would like to play a, a Jon Stewart. Um, is, it, is it wrong? I was thinking Idris Elba. I know I say I want Idris Elba to play everything. So I, feel, I think you mentioned that at some point. So um, it feels anytime I drop <laughs> Idris Elba, I feel like I, I have to remark that I'm not just being lazy and picking Idris Elba for everything. Like, I actually think he'd be good for that character. Because, I mean, when you think Jon Stewart was a former Marine who then sure. went on to become an architect. So you have to you have to find somebody who, like, looks like they could be a Marine, but can play smart like an architect. And, I mean, that's Idris Elba, isn't it? Didn't I just basically describe Idris Elba? Uh Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so I think Idris Elba would do a good job. And I'm not just saying that, because I think Idris Elba would do good at everything. What about uh, John Boyega? John Boyega. I do Finn. I do like John Boyega. I mean, he, he would play younger. I would say that. He definitely looks younger than... Uh, see, for whatever reason, I like how Jordan younger, I like John Stewart older. Is that weird? I don't know. No, that's how... I mean, isn't that how they've always been portrayed? I, I think so, yeah. I always kind of... Because John Stewart's always sort of been a bit older and a bit more uh, mature than, than Jordan was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like I like John Boyega. I actually like him in Star Wars, and I know people have some opinions about Star Wars, but <laughs> I liked him in Star Wars. Uh, I I think he could do it. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't. He uh, if I'm I'm trying to envision him with his haircut, like a Marine's haircut, because his uh his haircut in Star Wars is not regulation. But if he got a haircut, <laughs> he could do it. You know who would probably do a good job? Hmm. Um, Michael B. Jordan. Huh. I mean, he was good in Creed. He was good in Black Panther. Yeah, you know, I hadn't considered that. That's a good point. I mean, he he played former soldier in Black. I mean, the dude is jacked already, so you got that going for you. Um, I I think he, I think he could pull it off. Okay, fair enough. We'll yeah. see what uh, we'll see what happens. And yeah. uh, back to Tom Cruise. Have you seen the Mission Impossible Six? Uh, no, no, I I have actually I've not seen a Mission Impossible movie since I think the second one. Oh, dude, you're missing out. Well, you know, I don't have time for all the movies I want to watch. Although, although to be perfectly honest, uh, I I did see this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'm just talking about a movie I just recently saw. I saw okay. Ex Machina, and that was a good movie. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, that was a that was a really good movie. But man, that ending that ending was. Ugh. We're not gonna get into it. We're not gonna get into it. It's more of a bummer than anything else. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I kind of saw most of it coming, and then I got to the real ending. Like, wow. That doesn't seem right, but anyway, I, that movie that movie made me really want to start playing uh, Detroit Become Human, which is installed upstairs on my PS4 right now. I just have not had time to play it because I've been busy with a lot of my my other side projects uh, in my life right now. But anyway, let's let's move on from there to something uh, happier. Shoot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have any other good news. Well, you know what? I actually, you know what? You know what I did today, Vernon? You know what I did today? Okay. I, uh, What'd you do? I, I went on on the interwebs. That's that's cool speak for saying internet. Oh, I, I immediately regret using that phrase and I apologize. <laughs> but uh, so I went I went on the internet and I asked on Twitter and I said, hey, we're actually recording tonight. And I really, really believe I did use the word actually because, you know, we don't record all that much. And I said, do you have any questions for us? And we have some questions. Do you want to answer some questions? Oh, I'd love to. All right. So questions. So first one is going to come from uh, my co-host on the Gamers Without Borders podcast. Uh, Nick asks us, with Danny Boyle having stepped down uh, director for Bond 25, uh, it's been suggested many times, but I think uh, so I guess with uh, here's the question. I just jacked that up. So here (laughs) the question is with with Danny, with Danny Boyle having stepped down, who is the ideal director for the next Bond? We'll call it Bond 25 because that's how people call them. Um, it's been suggested many times, uh, Christopher Nolan, and I think it could be interesting for a Bond film. And even, uh, so John, uh, the One Track Punk from the One Track Gamers podcast even said, like, he think it would be interesting if Nolan took over. So I guess, who do you think would be a, a good director to take over uh, the Bond film? Um, I'd like to see them give Brad Bird a chance. Brad Bird, what's he done? Um, the Incredibles, he's done, actually, um, what was it? Brad Bird did Mission Impossible 4. I believe it was Ghost Protocol. Um, and, uh, hmm, Brad Bird, Brad Bird. Oh, uh, Iron Man 3. Wait, no, that was, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, never no, mind. No, 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 um, no, no. So, but uh, Incredibles and Mission Impossible are two that stick in, stick in okay. my mind. Um, he does good, he does good action scenes, and, uh, you know, I think that's kind of what you need in a uh, in a Bond movie, as well as just, you know, some decent intrigue. 
Yeah. So now this is this is the lazy man's answer right here. But <laughs> I was gonna say Martin Campbell because he directed Goldeneye and he directed Casino Royale, and those were two of my favorite Bond movies. <laughs> Interesting. So like, bring him back. So they, yeah, just bring him back. Cause I'm like, wow, he's I I already know he can direct Bond in a way that I like. So yeah. why, why reinvent the wheel? Now I think Nolan could do a good job. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, the thing is, and this is this is kind of my, my only hesitation with Nolan, is that, and I've said this before, is Christopher Nolan, when he makes a movie, he expects you to be able to meet him halfway. You know, sure. like, I'm going to put out enough of the story to tell the story, but I expect you, the audience, to be able to not only keep up with what I'm saying, but to be able to fill in the gaps. He does have quite a heady approach. Yeah, and I wonder if that's maybe a little too much for a Bond film. Mm. Yeah, although they could bring in Brian De Palma, hmm, yeah, and not have it be so heady because yeah, his film style is actually pretty interesting. Yeah, or you know what? Let's take it in a completely different direction. Say Woody Allen. You know, people say Woody Allen's a good director, and I can honestly say that I've—I don't think I've—I'd recognize his work. So, uh, I, I said Woody Allen for two reasons. One, I would never actually want him to direct anything because he's a terrible, terrible human being. Okay, but uh. Woody Allen actually was involved in a different version of James Bond in like a really old, I think it was, I think it was actually called Casino Royale. And it was this, it was this weird adaption of Casino Royale back Mm. when I think the James Bond rights were all over the place. And so they made another movie that wasn't like in the official James Bond lore, but it was a James Bond-esque movie. And they, they created like James Bond was like it was supposed to be a code name and so they were like recruiting the old James Bond to come back out of retirement and then there was a new James Bond that was played by Woody Allen it's it was a really hmm. really bad movie that was not good and was a lot of it tried to be a comedy and it didn't it was yeah <laughs> I, I don't have any good words to say about it, but I did watch it out of morbid curiosity. But Woody Allen was in it, and so technically, it would be bringing Woody Allen back into the James Bond fold. Well, okay, so <laughs> um, John Woo. John Woo. Okay, let's hear this. Um, he's got the he's got the action. He's got the slow motion. We need some doves, obviously. <laughs> and well, you gotta you know, have doves. Yeah, like you know, some so some some good uh, some good slow motion, some good dove effects, and uh, you got yourself a, a James Bond movie. To be honest with you, I haven't cared about James Bond since uh, uh, I was going to say Quantum of Solace, uh, Skyfall. Skyfall. And yeah, it just, I, uh, it's so long between movies. I, I will say the the thing that I did not like about Skyfall is that up until Skyfall, you could kind of play the game that James Bond was a code name and not necessarily the name of the character. They like mm. they they took away his name and they gave him the handle James Bond, and that's why there's been so many different ones. Yeah. And Skyfall, I, I'm pretty sure Skyfall established, no, his name actually is James Bond. And, like, people from his past knew him as James, and, like, the Bond family estate was, was what Skyfall was called, but they called it the Bond family. Like, they, they established that was his actual name, in which case it just felt... Yeah. It, it felt like, okay, so now we've officially stepped into this is a reboot and, and not necessarily a, a continuation or a side... It just, I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Skyfall at all, to be honest. Now, I loved oh. uh, I loved Casino Royale. Casino Royale is one of my favorite Bond movies. In fact, I think it is my favorite Bond movie. I have a Casino Royale poster hanging up within 10 feet of me right now because I love that movie. Nice. And I also liked Quantum of Solace. I know a lot of people did not. I loved that movie. I absolutely loved it. I saw it twice in one day. I loved it so much. That was in all the right. theaters. I went to the theaters and I watched the movie and I came out of the movie and I saw I had a, a, a voicemail and it was my friend saying, hey, we're about to go see Quantum of Solace. Do you want to come? So I called him back and I said, have you left yet? Like, no. I said, then I would love to go see Quantum of Solace with you. <laughs> And so they, they, they said, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I told them, I said, this is this is a really good movie. I, I really like it. And I get the look. It just came out today. I said, yeah, I, I saw I saw the, the one o'clock show. <laughs> That's how much you loved it. That, that, I really, really loved it. And I, I saw it twice that weekend. And it was, I, I, I had heard the, from like the critics just were not liking it, but I loved it. So I don't know. But anyway, I think we've answered that question. Uh, I went the safe <laughs> route. You had some unconventional answers, but. Here's, here's another one. So this question comes from uh, uh, our friends over at the Girl Tribe Gaming Podcast. So Zen and Jen uh, have asked, uh, what is your all-time favorite episode of the Real Hero Talk Podcast? Oh. Um... Yeah, that, that's a hard question. Now, I would say for me, I have to immediately, 
I, I, I have to disqualify Frozen because okay. I just because full disclosure, I, I have a personal <laughs> relationship with the co-host of that one. So okay. I think I think it provides an unfair advantage over the rest of the episodes. So I think in the in the interest of the conflict of interest, I have to exclude Frozen. Otherwise, otherwise, that would be the, the favorite. But it was a, it was a good question. Hmm. I'm. Yeah. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's that was like one of our first ones, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Like, we're talking how how long ago was that? That's like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, either that, Roger Rabbit, or yeah. more recently, Batman v Superman. Yeah, Batman v Superman was a good one. We had a ton of downloads on Batman v Superman. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that was, that was probably one of the, I, I, we had people on both, cause that movie divided people and we had people on both sides saying, we thought you guys treated that movie very fairly oh. like, for the people that hated it thought, you know, but what you guys did criticize was fair and the things you did think were cool. And you pointed them out and the people who loved it thought I'm really appreciate how you guys didn't just tear it apart just outright, but you actually had reasoning behind your criticisms. And mm. when you thought something was good, you said it. And so that was that's a good one because I, I think that was probably one of our better episodes in terms of just I got I actually got feedback from people that aren't in our social circle who who got, awesome. who's reached out to me through Twitter and so that was pretty cool. I'm um, glad we gained some fans from that. Yeah, and Roger Rabbit. You know what I've wanted to do because Roger Rabbit was the very first hero talk that that I did. Yeah, I would love to like go back and do Roger Rabbit again, but like now that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Because that's that's the problem is is almost up through until maybe Ghostbusters. I had no idea what I was doing, and it's it's obvious because we were just winging it, uh, much like we're doing right <laughs> we <went> now. Through, <laughs> we <laughs> we went through the the plots of the movies, and that felt so unnatural. It was it was so unnatural, and we just don't do that anymore. You know, it's basically now we talk about the people in the movie. And that usually fills a podcast. And sometimes we talk about like what any scenes that we thought were worth discussing. But man, that was when we used to go beat by beat through the acts of the film and talk about you know what happened. And that was so <laughs> awkward. Oh my goodness! And then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> the, and a spoiler podcast where people know the movie already. Ah, uh, yeah. That was so. It, it's hard to get to a point where I I actually I thought maybe around Batman Batman Returns it actually started being listenable in yeah. terms of you know like we actually were probably bringing something to the to the discussion that was would have been entertaining for a third party who didn't actually know us uh so so okay easy easy there easy there the cars oh. on the road <laughs> I can't help that they're passing by um, and they're loud yeah I've actually I've been trying to give this some thought because there's definitely like so here's here's a weird one is Iron Man 3 was my least favorite to record and I am on record saying that but I think okay. the fact that the, I had such absolutely tangible disdain for the movie and I hated being there recording that podcast I think actually made it more entertaining than some of the other ones. I'll have to listen to that again. Because there, there's some where I really enjoy the movie, and it's not a good podcast because you're just listening to me fawn all over the movie. And then, of, of course, I've had some really good guests on the show. I mean, Wonder Woman with uh, with Wonder Wes, one of my favorite streamers. That's uh, that was that's always a highlight. It's hard to pick a favorite. Um, Avengers. I thought we did a really good job on Avengers. I thought we. I thought Justice League was actually probably one of our good ones too. I can't remember. Was I there for Justice League? Yeah, you were there for Justice League. Wow. <laughs> it shows how much I wanted to forget about that movie. <laughs> I still love the crap out of that movie. I don't care. Um, oh, I guess I, I mean, I hate to say Batman v Superman with you. I liked Mean, mean Girls was another fun one because that's the, the best part about Mean Girls is it completely broke the mold of what people thought a hero talk could be. Hmm. You know, because I, I, you get the suggestion all the time, like, well, that's not really a hero talk movie. And I finally just said, I'm going to prove that anything can be a hero talk movie. And so we did Mean Girls. Because <laughs> oh, once yeah. you do Mean Girls, you can do anything. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, Mean Girls is a pretty cool movie to cover. It, I mean, it, yeah, I, w I wasn't going to pick a movie I didn't like. I picked Mean Girls because Mean Girls was way better than it had any right to be, to be honest with you. I, I, <laughs> I bought it as a joke, and I went to watch it just because, well, I might as well watch it since I bought it. And then it was amazing, and I laughed the entire time, and I thought it was great. So, um, yeah, I guess I, that's, that's a hard question. The, the Girl Tribe Gaming put me on the spot, and I'm, I'm really s struggling for this. By the way, if you don't listen to Girl Tribe Gaming, you're just wrong. Go listen 
to them and, and oh, listen yeah. listen to our other podcast too. I guess I should plug plug ourselves too. And listen to Gamers Without Borders because I'm on that one. And we, we record I think once every fiscal quarter, and it's we don't record very often. That is a recurring theme <laughs> on my podcasts. Hey, um, there we go. Yeah, but set a new precedent. But yeah, listen to Girl Tribe Gaming. Girl Tribe Gaming was a podcast I stumbled across by total happenstance and I absolutely loved it from from the first episode I listened to and I binged the whole thing while I was on a business trip and my my favorite video game podcast, if not probably my favorite podcast period is the Girl Tribe Gaming podcast. So I I can't stress enough that uh, you you just got to listen to that podcast. Great uh, plug, Greg. Yeah, I thought I thought so. Well, it's it's a nice shout out for for them, you know. And they they do a, they've done a lot of good charity streams too. Like the when I first started listening to them, like maybe within months of me starting listening to them, they they didn't have any concept of who I was at the time. I don't think I, I don't I don't know. I was I, I was surprised as crap the first time they even mentioned Hero Talk on their podcast. Yeah. If you recall, you were in the group chat when I said, "Dude, you can't believe it just happened." Oh yeah, you geeked out hard. I certainly did, <laughs> like a little fanboy. I did. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they did. They did like a charity. I think it was for Extra Life podcast, and I was just so impressed that they were doing all that work for it. So I, I have to stop talking about Girl Tribe Gaming and actually answer the question now. Yes, this, this has been half plug and half trying to stall while I think. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm gonna go with Batman Returns actually. And and you know why? There's a, there's a specific reason for Batman Returns is because Batman Returns was probably the first time somebody said, "Hey, I I'm." looking for a new podcast to listen to. What do you recommend? And I said, you should check out the Enthusiax Network. I host Hero Talk. Uh, give a listen. And the one that they listened to was the newest one at the time, which was Batman Returns. And I came back with like, wow, that was actually really professionally done. It sounded like you recorded in the studio. And I'm like, nope. In my basement and edited there. So so I'm going to say Batman Returns because that was, that was the first podcast I actually got unsolicited compliments on. So yeah. there we okay. go. All right. There we go. We got our favorite. Uh, we got our favorite episodes. I cheated because I did three. I didn't choose just one. Yeah. No, that's fine. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so from <laughs> from our very own from our very own Axelon, uh, he asks, "What are your initial thoughts on Top Gun Two and the RoboCop reboot sequel?" Oh, for the love of Christ. Okay. So um, yeah. All right. <laughs> go ahead. You go ahead. No. <laughs> um, I've never seen Top Gun, so I have no I have no dog in this race in terms of a in terms of a sequel. Um, I, I mean, the the reboot for RoboCop, I, I didn't even want to see the initial reboot. So are they are they rebooting it again, or is this a sequel so to the reboot? I don't years I don't think we really know. I think it might be a sequel to the. So this this was really weird, and uh, and th- this was a story like uh, Nick actually uh, our own Nick Kinetic l- linked this to me is that. At one point in time, somebody asked, I think, hey, who who would you want to play RoboCop in the upcoming sequel? And it was it was like a random question posed by a rando out on, on the Twitter sphere. Mm. And the the director of the upcoming sequel answered Peter Weller, which then, of course, sent everyone into speculation mode. <laughs> uh, of course. Now, I... I I would I would love to see this movie be a continuation of the original RoboCop and you know sort of like and, and in fact and there's there's been a lot of things that have done this lately where like you create a sequel but like your sequel is a sequel to an earlier movie that dismisses the other sequels like Halloween's doing one yeah, um, yeah. the Aliens movies have done one of those uh Superman Returns was basically one of those so I mean hmm. I I I have no issue with them doing that and I think I would like to see that but Man, if it's just going to be a straight-up sequel to the movie that was, I think, when did that one come out? 2014? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to see that. I, I was not a fan of that movie. And if you want to know how much of a not a fan of that movie I was, I actually did a hero talk on it. And so you can go ahead and check that out. But I do love RoboCop. That's that's the truth. And Top Gun, uh, so being in the Navy, I hate, I, I hate okay. to drop another reference. Uh, when I was going through you know, the officer training pipeline, I knew a lot of guys that wanted to be pilots. Mm-hmm. And those guys love Top Gun. They really, really love Top Gun. That's that's like their their definitive movie. And and they they tried to find like was there a submarine movie that I would have found equally as as sort of inspiring? And the answer is no. There's not. But no, Hunt no, for Red October. No. You know why? Because Hunt for Red October made submarines look like little underwater F-16s that were just doing stuff that was unrealistic. And um, Although I will say, I absolutely did say one ping and one ping only while serving as an officer on a submarine. So 
<laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess I just really don't care. And now, at this point, it's been 30 years, so, like, what are Maverick and Iceman still doing in the Navy at this point? Like... <laughs> As instructors in Top Gun, of all things, they should be admirals sitting in some office in the Pentagon somewhere. They shouldn't be. They would either be forced to uh, to be promoted or be forced out of the Navy. So it's just unrealistic. But Well, that would be boring. That would be boring, but that'd be what actually would happen to those guys. So anyway, I don't care. I'm, I've, uh, you can blame Navy pilots for having killed my interest in Top Gun for all time. <laughs> all right. So Damn, ne- next guys. question. Next question comes from uh, our friends over at the Monster Closet Podcast, so most likely Lee from the Monster Closet Podcast, because he's the one who actually runs the Twitter account. And so Lee asks, uh, what are your thoughts on Idris Elba teasing his potential bondness? Did you see this from Idris Elba? <sighs> I all, saw something about it. He, but, all, he, uh, he j- all he tweeted was the names Elba, Idris Elba. That was it. And then and then the internet went crazy. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, as we've previously established on this very episode of Hero Talk, I am for this casting of James Bond if it were to happen because I want Idris Elba to play everybody. But um, I think I think he could play. But my, my only apprehension is that I, I, I have heard stories of people who've worked with Idris Elba on Luther and they <laughs> said that he was awful to work with. Oh. But then again, I also heard the Christian Bale tapes from uh, Terminator <laughs> Salvation. So I think lots of people are hard to work with. So I'm not oh, really yeah. ready to just write off Idris Elba. So, I, I mean, I think I think you could play Bond. I think the problem comes is that it works better when he can play James Bond and James Bond is a name that's given to the 007 agent. Yeah. You know, sort of that that notion I talked about earlier where whenever an agent's promoted to the to the rank of 007, then they receive the handle James Bond. James Bond is always the 007 agent. Yeah. So that way you can keep passing the mantle from person to person to person and keep continuity in the stories. But if you bring in an Idris Elba, you can't pretend that Daniel Craig's character from one movie is now going to be Idris Elba in the next movie. You sort of have to either do a soft reboot. I mean, or I guess I don't know how much continuity there actually was between the old films because I'm a little I'm a little hazy on, on remembering those. I haven't seen many of those in decades, but I mean, it's definitely a character where you can just bring somebody in to play them, and it, there doesn't need to be a straight up continuity. Right. But I I think that this when you cast Idris Elba, there's there's a bit of a, a bigger jump than there is like when you cast a Sean Connery or a Roger Moore. Uh, I think we can all be clear though that he's going to be better than George Lazenby, so I don't see what the problem is. And I think you and a handful of people are going to get that joke. <laughs> yep. Because I never saw the George Lazenby one. And no one ever should. <laughs> no one ever should. They, they shouldn't even include it in those James Bond collections. They should just skip it. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's... I'll, I'll, tr- I'll trust you on that. Yeah. It was his, his one and only Bond movie, and I it was not good, and I don't I don't want to talk about him anymore. But Idris Elba, what do you think? Do you think Idris Elba could play James? I mean, he could play James Bond. He's a talented actor. But do you think he would be a good pick for James Bond? I think he would be fine if only just to spite people who are like, he can't because he's too street. Yeah, that was one of the stupidest things I'd ever heard because they, they clearly are not familiar with his body of work to say that. It's just that he's black. Just it is. It's just people. that he's black. Yeah. It's. It was just they were they were trying to make it sound like a smart way of saying that there was a legit reason. But given that his body of work is in absolutely no way anything that a reasonable critic could call street, quote unquote, whatever that means, hmm. um, then it was obviously you just didn't want a black person playing James Bond. And I, I, it's that's not something that's really important to me. To be perfectly honest with you, like in in my life, that's not that's not really something that I find is is an important thing that I really need to hang on to. Is you know, it's he could play James I mean, Bond, he'd be he'd do a good job. I could, it was, sure, I think he could do a good job. I think that because he's you know the character or the agent has been you know one one ethnicity this whole time, you know for the longest time, it's hard for people to imagine, but it still doesn't make it okay. Yeah, I mean it's. It, I don't think it really makes that big of a difference to to James Bond because it's, it's it's it is a role that has jumped from character to character to character. Who has had dark hair? Who has had blonde hair? I mean, so now we're just adjusting the skin tone. It's sure we're just we're just playing with the sliders on the create a character model. I don't see what everyone's problem is. <laughs> if this were a role playing game, <laughs> James yeah. Bond would be a human hmm, rogue. 
Yeah. And you just do the you just play around with the slider. Yeah, you're just, we're just playing with the slider. So I don't see what everyone's problem is. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I think Idris Elba would do a, a, a fine job. Yeah. I, I mean I hope it happens. And not just because I want Idris Elba to play everybody. Alright, so <laughs> <laughs> this question comes from uh, our friend John Leola, the one track punk from uh, the One Track Gamers podcast, and he says, the DCEU is getting rebooted. I think he means like in a hypothetical sense. Hypothetically, let's say the DCEU is getting rebooted. Who Uh will you assign to helm this new reboot? And so again, I I was not creative in my answer. I said, I, I said Patty Jenkins. That's immediately where I went. Yeah, um, well, who, who else? else there? Who else would I get to helmet? Somebody who has experience with the old one, who proved that she can actually, that she can direct superhero, that she can translate the characters on the screen from the comic books, that she can actually give them real emotions and heart. That you know, not not just angry and dark, but actual real emotions. Uh, <laughs> Patty Jenkins. It's not really clearly you've never been asked if you bleed or not. That was a cool line, I will say. I just, I don't think there was enough emotional power in that movie to um, to have earned that cool line, if that makes sense. Fair enough. Okay, so, I mean, Patty Jenkins gets our vote. Patty Jenkins, yeah. It's a, I know we were trying to think, you know, usually people ask us that to, like, get you to think outside the box, but no, I just say uh, Patty Jenkins. It's give, just been proven. Like... Give it to the person who's proven she can do it. I, I want to or, see it done well, and she's my best shot right now. What about the, uh, okay, so not to direct another movie, but to run the whole show, right? I mean, basically, yeah, sort of to, to sort of become the driving force behind the whole thing. And I think she could do it because it's, it's the next step up from what she's doing now, which is, you know, helming Wonder Woman, a character that people thought for years could not be successful on the big screen. And not only mm. was she successful in the big screen, she was the most successful of the big screen of any of the other ones. And you can't just say it's because people wanted to see the character because that same character was in Batman v Superman and Justice League and did not play nearly as well there as she did in her own movie helmed by Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of who else could do it. Nothing's coming to mind. I mean, it, it Patty Patty Jenkins. And by the way, before Wonder Woman, I would have never in a hundred years said Patty Jenkins. But uh, then I saw Wonder Woman, and now I just kind of want Patty Jenkins to direct all of their movies. It was it was very disappointing for me walking into Justice League, realizing that I was going to have to watch another Zack Snyder film. Mm. And then it was even more disappointing when I realized I was watching a Joss Whedon film. Well, how about that? Because Joss Whedon could be good. He he could be. Uh, the, what I think the issue is with Joss Whedon is, and now bear in mind, I'm about to say some stuff knowing I couldn't do anything that Joss Whedon does. And I also say <laughs> this knowing that Joss Whedon is kind of a jerky person in real life, so I don't want to give him too much praise. Sure. But, uh, he he does really well with ensemble casts of like real real plucky drawn together like you know when you think the Buffy characters the Angel characters uh, Firefly and then the Avengers kind of like these plucky drawn together people who have to get together and work together despite their differences and through their differences and that's that's where his style really does thrive and when you think Justice League you have to think we have taken these they are they are these like these titans these like mythological gods almost. And I don't think the Joss Whedon method works for them. And I think that's where we saw a lot of the jokes fall flat in Justice League is, is you know, when he when he tries to treat the Justice League like the Avengers and they're they're not they're they're sort of they you have to handle them differently. Yeah. So I think about Patty Jenkins and Patty Jenkins had to take uh, literal gods and translate them to the movie. And, and actually try to bring some humanity to them and to make them relatable to the audience. I mean, Wonder Woman, by, by the nature of just who she is as a character, should not be relatable to me in the audience. Like, she is the daughter of the immortal Amazons. She's lived in isolation for mankind yeah. her whole life and trained as a warrior princess. Uh, copyright Xena, sorry. And... <laughs> And and then she she comes in the middle of World War in, in the comics too, but in the movie World War One, and she's just trying to stop the war because she believes that the God of War is behind it. And on the surface, that sounds like none of this should resonate with me. Yet when Patty Jenkins was was taking that character and translating her and and putting her on the screen with an actress who I didn't even think could pull it off, and I 
apologize for that because I was way wrong. Um, I I loved it. I loved how how it went, and and I think the Wonder Woman character portrayed there was portrayed better than anywhere I've I've ever seen her comic books, cartoons, uh, television before. So, and including how she was portrayed in Batman v Superman because she was not. I mean, she had the best action sequence, I would say, but she's probably not the best portrayal of the character. She's very hard to relate to or even try to connect with, and so it it's just. That's what I think Patty Jenkins was able to do in a way that I would love to I would love to see her take on a Batman or even another mm. Superman movie and just see because I know I know she's willing able to take these larger than life characters and make them human and relatable and I think that's what you need to do and I don't know if Joss Whedon really is is successful doing that. What about then um Tim Kring just came to my head. Uh did uh most notably the the show touch with like Kiefer Sutherland and like he can mm-hmm. he can touch people and sees like the probabilities of how they're going to affect certain outcomes and things like that or um he also did uh he also did heroes most notably yes i um i i guess my concern there was heroes seasons 2 through 4 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I attribute some of that to the writing strike, and then they just never recovered. Yeah, the the writing strike really made season two hard to watch, and then they never really did get behind it. Didn't they try to reboot it just a few years ago? And yeah, it, 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 with, didn't, it well, didn't take. I mean, even even at the end of Heroes, they were going back in the direction that they should have gone at the end of season one, going into season two. Um, but then you know it was canceled and then you know a few years back like you said they did uh they did heroes reborn which i i didn't even bother watching because it, it just it didn't look good to me nope didn't see it uh yeah so yeah i i had heard at one point that season two was supposed to sort of feature kind of like life is strange just like a whole new set of characters who also yeah. would get powers and like then you follow their story but that way you you don't like it almost was trying to say, okay, well, season one's stories are done, and now we're going to go look at all these new people. But I guess the studio decided, no, everyone likes these characters. You're going to keep telling their story, and and the problem is that there wasn't a whole lot more story to tell with some of those characters. You know what? What the dude who could read minds? What what else did we get from him that was so super and wonderful? Well, he did the thing with Siler where he you know switched minds. Well, when he put his him. mind in Nathan, or put he Nathan's- made. Yeah, he took Nathan's subconscious and put it into Siler, making Siler think that he was Nathan. And then he managed to, like, trap Siler with somewhere in his subconscious where Siler couldn't get out. But then yeah. that lasted for all of two episodes before Peter came down and, and had to meet with Siler in the alternate world to try to help him out. But then Siler came out as a good guy. <laughs> that show was dumb. <laughs> it, it started it, out so yeah. good, and then it just got dumb. We're all connected. I still own season one on on uh, on DVD. I have a real issue though with like you remember um uh, was the character's name was Noah I think Noah Bennett yeah and everyone called them horn rimmed glasses mm-hmm. but that like that name originated from the forums and so he was never actually called that on the show oh and so but in like in the the like the the packets that came with the DVD player and like in the episode descriptions yeah he would be wow okay I'll wait I'll wait for the Sorry. trucks to drive by <laughs> they. <laughs> <laughs> they would uh they would call him um horn rim glasses or HRG and that used to drive me nuts because I don't know who HRG is I didn't go to any of the forums or anything so I just that annoyed me that's my that's my minor gripe I'm sorry well I I appreciate the sentiment but the damage <laughs> has been done that's All right. What what were we but, at? Yeah. yeah. So that's the DCE reboot. There we go. Um I think I think we answered that question. Nick, are you satisfied with that? He can't answer me cuz he's not on the podcast. So <laughs> All right. That wasn't even Nick's question. That was John's question. I apologize. Nick's is the next question. John, are you you John's John's John likes that answer. Yeah. Well done. Moving on. Okay. Last question. Uh, coming from our very own Kinetic, who asks, is there any Aquaman better than John DiMaggio? Now, uh, John DiMaggio, actually, he voiced Aquaman in Batman the Brave and the Bold. Okay. And Bender? Yeah, uh, he does a ton of voices. I'm pretty sure he's oh, yeah. voiced Joker a couple times, too. Uh, I would say yes, because Phil Lamar voiced Aquaman in... Um, uh, what was the one with the kids, Young Justice? And, I believe so, yeah. And uh, Phil Lamar's really good, and I like him and stuff, so it's very hard for me to, even with somebody as talented as John DiMaggio, it's hard for me to vote against Phil Lamar. So I'm going to say, yes, Phil Lamar. Um, oh, uh, John DiMaggio from my hometown. Is he really? Yes. 
North Plainfield, New Jersey. All right, then. There's some good things that come out of New Jersey. Apparently. John DiMaggio and the Black Dragon. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think ultimately it's, uh, I guess it comes down to Phil Lamar then. Yeah, I mean, I, I like John DiMaggio. I think he did a really good job when he's played the Joker, and uh, I wasn't a really big fan of Batman, the Brave and the Bold. It was a good show. I'm not going to say it wasn't a good show. It's just it was at a point in time in my life where I just really didn't have a whole lot of time to be watching Cartoon Network. or And I had, I think I was still upset that there was no more Justice League. And so then I got this show and uh, yeah, I just, I just never, I never really got into it as much as I should. I, I saw episodes here and there and every episode I saw was, was great. I never disliked an episode, but I never really got into watching the whole thing. So yeah, I never caught it myself. Uh, you're saying it was decent? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's absolutely worth watching, and I think when, when my girls get a little bit older, I'm, I'm going to probably, that'd be where I'd show them, because they're, they're not old enough for, like, Batman the Animated Series, so. Oh, no. No. Yeah. That, that would terrify them. <laughs> that, that show got dark. I think the first yeah. episode I saw was uh, the, the first Mr. Freeze one, maybe Heart of Ice is what it was called, mm. and yeah, that was a dark episode, and that's the first one I ever saw, and I thought, uh, this show is awesome, I can't miss this anymore. <laughs> what was the one where like the girl turned out to be a part of Clayface? Oh, that was that was like way later. That was one of the one of the uh, season four episodes, I think, back when because um, eventually they, they, they became the Batman Superman action hour or whatever it was called. And so that was one yeah. of those ones back when they brought Batman back after Superman had been around for a while. OK, yeah, because that was that was like not my introduction, but that was the first full episode that I had watched on my own. And so that was the first one that really made an impression on me. I take personal exception with that episode because they use electricity on Clayface. And in Clayface's first appearance on Batman the Animated Series, they made a whole point of establishing that electricity does not actually hurt Clayface. So <laughs> it, it was the whole it was the whole twist at the end of the episode is because they thought they defeated him with electricity. And yeah. as it turns out, electricity actually doesn't hurt him. He was just pretending so that he could escape later. Interesting. OK. Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really. I didn't see that. Yeah. Sorry to spoil that episode for you, but it was like 20 years ago. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. If, if you hadn't seen, seen it, it now, now, you weren't planning on it. But yeah, that was the twist at the end of the episode is that he 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 wasn't actually defeated. He was he was just acting so that he could escape later on his own terms and get away. So gotcha. OK. Anyway, uh, that was it. That was all our questions. So thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Uh, I should absolutely listen to every podcast I dropped on the show. That was uh, Gamers Without Borders, um, Girl Tribe Gaming, the Monster Closet Podcast, the One Track Gamers, and on our own Enthusiast Network, you should check out Behind the Line Radio. And of course, Axelon, go over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Enthusiast and watch his Let's Plays. Nice. There, there, everyone got a plug. Y'all got a plug. I didn't miss anybody, did I? That would be super awkward. You should be grateful, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. No, that was everybody. Okay, good. Good. We got everybody. All right. Uh, Vernon, anything else before we wrap this one up? Um... Let me know when you're doing Black Panther. Yeah, I have to watch Black Panther that. again. I was I was just trying to mainline all of the Marvel movies so that I could watch Infinity Wars. <laughs> and I was just I was watching so many of them. Um by the way, kind of Thor Ragnarok, wow. Way better than it had any right to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was a great movie. Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um also so we'll have to we'll have to do that too. Oh oh yeah. Also Guardians 2 was incredible and now, it's just sad that we're not going to see James Gunn because that was such an emotional movie and, and for a ridiculous cast of characters to produce such an emotionally like relevant movie was just very, very unusual for me. And I think very well done. So can I save it? Save it for the podcast. Saving it. Saving it. All right. You didn't hear any of that. La, 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 la. <laughs> All right, Vernon. Um, I guess that I guess that's it. So thanks. Thanks for coming on. And thanks for doing this again. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you all for listening. All right, and until next time, you can check out more of our podcasts over at Enthusiast.com along with some articles and videos. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Just search for Enthusiast. And hey, if you are a fan of the Enthusiast or of this podcast or of me or of Vernon or of anybody else that we do, um, you can hit us up on Twitter. Just go to at Enthusiast. I am at Judge Greg is Law. Uh, Vernon, what are you these days? 
I actually, <laughs> a lot's happened since, uh, since we last recorded. I actually got rid of my Twitter because it was too distracting. Oh, no Twitter. Well, you know what? You can't follow the Black Dragon on Twitter. But if yeah, you follow so at, just Enthusiasts. Yeah, follow at Enthusiasts uh, or me. I'm at Judge Greg is Law. If I don't follow you back, just uh, shoot me a tweet and say, hey, I'm a fan of the show and I will follow you back. If I did not, it's because uh, I just didn't happen to notice. It's an oversight. I follow back every person that follows me that I think is an actual person on the other end. <laughs> So if, if your prof- so if your profile says something like I sell Twitter followers, I'm probably not going to follow you back and you might need to hit me up. But other than that, if I if I notice the follow, I will absolutely follow you back. And that's the same thing for the Enthusiast account. We love connecting with the community. So please, if you follow us on Twitter and we do not follow you back, send us a hit. But until next time, I am Judge Greg saying I didn't think of anything. <laughs> Shazam. Until next time, this is Judge Greg saying Shazam. 